You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long-cut, and pouches that gives you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz that you're used to without tobacco. Fully Loaded Chew comes in nine flavors and is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine there is. To give us a try, head on over to FullyLoadedChew.com for a $1 can of chew with free shipping when you enter the code OUTDOOR1. O-U-T-D-O-O-R and the number one. Lastly, many outdoorsmen are trying to quit tobacco altogether and fully loaded chew may be that first step. For more information on our product line, visit FullyLoadedChew.com. Hey folks, wherever you're listening to this podcast right now, chances are your deer season is in full swing. Hopefully things are going well for you. And if you're one of the folks that took the time and preparation to plant some real-world wildlife products food plot blends, chances are you're having a great success. We here at Pro Talk Outdoors love our real-world products, whether it's the clover chicory blend, whitetail harvest salad, deadly dozen, the Gen 2 soybeans that are always a dynamite hit all the way through the season. Chances are, if you've got one of those plots out, you're having great success. If not... Better luck next year, folks. Let's get them in. Go to realworldwildlifeproducts.com for more information on how you can improve your season. That's what I call pro talk. When you really don't know the answer, you just make it up. My rut is that I am in a rut. To get the pilot of Red Arrow going. There's really a way to skip class. I want to say, hey, those boys right there in the That's the nicest thing anybody's ever said on this podcast. Alex Rutledge here with American Roots Outdoors TV. Hey, this is Leanne Tiffany Lukowski from the Crest TV. Hi, I'm Don Higgins. This is Jeff Lindsay. Hey, everybody, this is Mark Dury with Dury Outdoors. Hey, this is Craig Fitz of Crane Assassins TV. You're listening to Dave and JP on Pro Talk Outdoors, the craziest two I know. Hey, welcome back to another episode of Pro Talk Outdoors, and this is uh, this one's a little special here, 
to me, and uh, hopefully it's special to you guys too. No JP on this episode. JP's got a we we kind of alert uh, alluded to this on the last episode that life's gotten real busy for old JP, and uh, he just doesn't have a whole lot of time to record. But uh, but hey, we got a we got a much better looking guest lined up for you guys today, and, and you may have to take my word for it because you're not going to be able to see her necessarily. But first time appearing on the podcast. And uh, I'm honored to say this is the absolute best-looking guest we've ever had on this show, folks. My lovely wife, Miss Savannah Barrett, right here on the podcast. Welcome to the show, honey. Thanks. What? Thanks. You might have to speak up a little bit because we're not going to be able to hear you when you go, thanks. Okay. So I need to just, like, yell at you like I normally do? Yeah, just kind of your normal tone. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Your normal tone. So, you know, we talked a little bit in the last episode um, about our purchase here, which uh, we have named Cricket Heart Ranch, Cricket Heart Farms. Which one? Whichever one appeases you. Yeah, whichever one. All right. So anyway, yeah, so... That was one of the things we couldn't really decide on what to name it, but we come up with that one. Just and it was kind of weird how we got that because I, I we had never even thought about a crooked heart look on the pond or whatever. But I, you know, we did the aerial view with a uh, a drone and put it out there for Facebook to to see it, and we got a lot of people commenting back, a lot of really good ideas for names. But that was what the, the biggest hit was crooked heart farms. Yeah, cause, because the pond kind of shaped like a crooked heart. Well, yeah, at least it, it looked like it in that picture. Uh-huh. Um, the trees were kind of hiding in a little bit, but, but anyway, so I want to get your thoughts on, um, cause I've talked in, uh, on the last episode, I've talked pretty extensive about, you know, a lot of different things that I wanted to do on our new property and, you know, kind of land management things, whether we're going to farm certain things, what we did with the forestry, uh, you know, the forest agent coming out. Mm-hmm. What are your takes so far on living here on the farm it's never ending um one of the biggest things that we need to do right now yesterday two weeks ago is we need to get some more cameras out here on the land to figure out the pattern of the deer that is one thing that you know we have really just kind of flown by the seat of our pants to just yeah, that's a, that's a good idea. And guys, you heard it right here, so I'm not going to get in trouble if I go out and buy a bunch of extra cell cams or something like that, because <laughs> she just said, we need to get more cameras. But, you know, that's exactly right. And the, and, and my approach has been this year, well, really, any time you get a place to hunt, any, you, any first year on any property, but especially I kind of take it uh, kind of more a fine-tuned approach whenever you own the property. But same thing if you're going into just a handshake agreement and a, a knock on the door and get permission to hunt something or whether it's a lease, whatever it is. The first year you hunt it, it's important to get as much intel as you possibly can with cameras, and but mainly observations. <coughs> Excuse me. But the interesting thing about our property here is and I've had just a handful of hunts on it. I've hunted out of the same stand a couple times over on the uh, kind of overlooking the Deadly Dozen food plot mm-hmm. that we have, and then I've hunted a couple hunts as well, uh, kind of back where they call it the old Cadillac stand here on the right. farm. They had a um, there's there's an area I'll kind of paint the picture for you a little bit, but 
it's kind of back on our, I guess it'd be the south central part of the property, uh, just in the in the woods there, and it's kind of on a on a little ridge. Um, I, I didn't really like. I, I like the location where the Cadillac stand is, but one thing I don't like about it: number one, no, there's no cover. Number two, we got to cross some serious trails to get to it. So I didn't really like that. And then the wind direction thing, I don't really know how to hunt it with that wind direction. So I hung a couple um, a couple stands just off to that so I could kind of more observation stuff. But um, Yeah, but we definitely don't have, we have not done enough research or we've not done our book work to find out how these deer are traveling. So the few times that we have been out, we have likely boogered up. Uh, no, I have a thing or two. Well, nope. I plan it safe. I'm not boogering up anything. I'm hunting edges and you know playing it super, super safe. But now, that being said, who knows if we're boogering stuff up? Because well, I know that we did the other day. We hunted along the driveway in the blind. Oh my god! And then yeah, we, we got you. Got to tell a story, okay? Because <laughs> the. <laughs> Folks, when we bought the property, there was a, there's an elevated, really nice elevated blind that was set up in place, and it's kind of to the point where it's really difficult for us to move it. Even with a tractor, I haven't figured out a good way to move it without damaging the thing, but, and our tractor's a little bit small for that, that duty anyway, but, so, I, I was dead set on, I'm not hunting out of that blind where it sits, because it's literally... Ah, it's less than 100 yards from our house, probably 75 yards from our house, but it sits right on the Dagon driveway. We have a very long driveway, um, so and it's kind of tucked into the woods a little bit, but it overlooks the front hay field, and, but the, the driveway literally goes 15 yards from the blind. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, definitely. So my, my thought right away was I will not hunt that blind just because I don't want to be so close to the house. I don't want to hunt over top of the driveway. And I didn't think it was going to be something that would come into play. But that being said, after sitting here evening after evening and watching deer pour out underneath that blind, and including a couple really nice bucks, there was a there was a 130-inch deer, which I think turned out to be a deer that you had an encounter with. We'll get to that here a little bit later in the show. But um, and also a 160 inch deer came out chasing does out in the field. So we decided we were going to hunt that blind. Yeah. How'd that hunt go? Well, well, I mean, to start off, we get walking down the driveway right after our U.S. mail had just delivered about five packages and FedEx guy pulls in. And I inform him to go to proceed to the back of the house to drop the packages. And he says, all right, thanks, guys. Good luck. So we continue on down the driveway. And we get set up in our blind. And we hear, meow. <laughs> meow. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Callie. The stray cat that was here when we moved in. This cat's more like a dog. It has befriended us. Yeah, it's more like a dog. This cat is. I um, when we when the forester came out, the the state forester, we walked the entire property. Callie the cat walked with us the entire way. 
I mean, it was like having a right. dog follow you along. I mean, everywhere you went, the cat went. Um, I mean, deep into the woods, climbing trees and just following along like our protective cat. But anyway, go ahead with this. Yeah, so, you know, other than Callie the cat deciding to bed right underneath our blind and meow the entire time, which I don't think that it had too much of an effect on any wildlife coming through. But now, you know, the UPS guy that decided to show up five or ten minutes later, that might have had a little bit of an effect on it. Sorry. Yeah, the UPS guy. I'll do better. Guy. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, the struggle's real. I mean, it, we've been in this house for probably a month or so. I don't know, five weeks. And the last week and a half, two weeks, we've been getting two to three deliveries per day with the UPS, FedEx guy, the... The, the poor mail carrier we have, I don't know who it is, but we're going to have to get them one heck of a good Christmas gift because they're having to stuff literally big boxes and packages in our little mailbox. No, wait, wait, wait. I, they don't have I'm to be, stuff I'm being kind. in the mailbox. <laughs> they choose to. And I get it. I mean, to drive down the driveway and put it on our back porch, that's quarter of a mile plus. Each way. It's quarter yeah. of a mile each way, so they're half mile drive there. So I get it, but so yeah, but you you weren't going to tell them about um, the kids' dad dropping no, them I'll off. Let you, or, I'll let you let them. So okay, well I, I'm you know full disclosure. Um, so it was a uh, it was a Wednesday, I believe. So the the kids Tyson and Emma were were spending the night with their dad, and he. Like the kids always do. I don't know if you guys have kids that have uh, multiple households, but our kids are really good at no matter where they're at, they have something at the other household they need, so we have to run them back and forth all the time. And Chris was nice enough, their dad was nice enough to bring them out here so they could get some clothes or whatever it was they needed from the house before he took them back to his house for the night. And uh, so (laughs) as we're sitting in the blind... And, you know, I make the comment, and it was kind of a thinking out loud, just kind of that would be funny, ha-ha, not like I would ever do it. I said, boy, wouldn't it be funny if they, when they drove back by, that we were mooning them? (laughs) I never, I I would never do this, folks. First of all, because, you know, my pappy sack would be hanging down out the blind. (laughs) But, (laughs) but, uh, Never in my wildest dreams did I think my lovely wife would show her ass to her kids and her ex-husband <laughs> as they're driving by on the down the driveway. But by golly, there Picture it Picture this, guys. It was the most epic thing ever. We could literally hear my ex-husband laughing the whole way down the driveway. And actually, Dave videoed it. Just videoed their reaction, not my rear end. But... <laughs> And on the video, you can hear my kids saying, oh, my gosh. And then my ex-husband laughing the whole way down the driveway. And so, of course, you know, we just get one heck of a chuckle out of it. Yes, and so I know it was a good 10 minutes of us laughing oh, yeah. in the blind. So, so, I mean, it was. Needless to say, we didn't see a deer on this hunt. Uh, not a single one. We did see wildlife. Yeah, there was a a bunch of turkeys came in. Probably at least 20. 
which you shot at one and missed it by a foot. Yeah, it was kind of a Hail Mary. It was way too far for 35 me to yards. Be shooting. 35 yards is a little far on a turkey, but uh, you missed it considerably, which that's going to come into play a little bit later in our story here. But uh, 35 yards, you missed the turkey. That was pretty much that hunt. Um, and I don't even know how we got on that tangent, but I, I guess that I was I was going with this, playing it safe, hunting the edges. However, a lot of the wildlife, a lot of the deer activity we're seeing, we're seeing really close to the house. I yeah, mean, I'm when talking... When you least expect it. Yeah, we're, I'm talking, you can just, conditions may be just absolutely terrible. You don't expect anything. I'm not out hunting, whatever. I'm sitting here at home. And you look out any given window at any point in time, and there may be seven or eight does, a couple bucks chasing them around, whatever. So that kind of brings us up to our next Savannah event, which... Which, uh, by the way, all of my events are epic. I mean, they they are... (laughs) They're pretty ...memorable, and most of the time, they're hilarious. I mean, I'm not really that that funny of a person, but... I don't know. I'm really I, fun to be I, around. I think you are. I think you are. But so um, it, it was kind of a when we moved in here, the, the gentleman we bought the house off of. All right, let me paint this picture. We're actually sitting in the office right now, and I can't really see out the window uh, to look at our side field that's a, like four acre field over here. But he sit at this desk here, and this is what he said. This was his hunting each year. He, uh, he, and he killed some nice deer, but he would sit at this desk and he would watch out. And then when he saw a good one crossing the field, he would go over to the next room over and he would take a shot out the window at whatever he wanted. There's nothing illegal about that. There's really nothing unethical about it or immoral. But for me, me personally, I just, I don't think I could take that shot. But two, two weeks ago, I don't think I would have said no. I don't think that I could take that shot. Yep. So, uh, so anyway, it's kind of been a running joke with us here about you know, ah, you know, and then everybody. We've got this nice elevated deck that comes right out the master bedroom balcony. It's it's a balcony, yeah, elevated deck, balcony, whatever. <laughs> um, and it overlooks. You can pretty much see all the fields from that balcony, and uh, it's pretty neat. So. Definitely have a view. It overlooks yeah. the lake. Yeah, we do. And and matter of fact, I don't know if, if you follow me on social media on my Facebook page, but a few weeks back, not long after we moved in, um, I I videoed with my cell phone a little standoff with uh, one of our cats, Kenny, out there yeah. with some does. Kenny the cat. And uh, they came right up by my truck and were eating some clover right there in the grass that I'd cut. So, But fast forward. Halloween. Yep. I've never killed a Halloween buck, by the way. I look back and I've never ever killed any deer on Halloween. I've hunted okay. many, many Halloweens, but never I'm have killed one. I'm getting ready to top that. I have never killed a deer when I wasn't hunting. What? What now? Say that again. I have never killed a deer when I was not actively sitting in a blind stand. Well, I haven't either. I have now. Well, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> so, you, you guys can probably see where we're going with this. But, so, Halloween evening, um, it it was kind of crazy because 
uh, you get home with the kids. I think Emma took off down the driveway on the side-by-side to go get the mail, comes back. I jump in the side-by-side. I go collect some firewood, and I bring it around, and and I uh, I go ahead and put in some firewood in the basement through the garage. And, and then uh, it's getting close to the edge of dark. Yeah, I had just gotten back from the grocery store, um, did ran all my errands, had dinner going. Doing the dishes. Making some taquitos. Yeah, I was making buffalo chicken taquitos, which, by the way, hit Dave up on his Facebook, and I'm going to make him share the recipe because they are amazing. I'm not going to share that recipe on my Facebook. I'll share it on Dave's Facebook. I'm not going to share it on my Facebook. I don't think it, they're not that healthy. I mean, they're good. Don't get me wrong. They're really good. They're just not that healthy. I'm all about promoting good health. So, anyway. Uh, so Savannah's making dinner and she goes outside and she's out there on our patio, not our elevated deck, but our patio. And, uh, so I just go out to, to sit and visit with her and talk a little bit. Well, as I'm coming outside, she's kind of giving me the hush, step back, be quiet motion. And so I look over and there's like six or seven does 60 yards from the house, right, you know, right over there in the, uh, the side field kind of moving toward the driveway so and she said there was a nice buck over there but try as i might i couldn't see him i he must have went into the woods so you were back on dinner duty you went on inside yep and so me i just stood out there in the driveway kind of tucked in behind the truck and i'm watching him waiting just letting these does feed around and then it it gets getting closer to last light you know probably 10 minutes of shooting time yeah, it was about 7.05. It, it, yeah, 7.05 when you took the shot. Um, anyway, we're we're disagreeing with our heads here right now. <laughs> anyway, so uh, I, I spot the buck coming across the field, and he's coming toward the does, and I know exactly what they're going to do because I've seen them do it many times. They're coming to the backyard. So I have a split-second decision to make. Am I going to sit there and then just enjoy the show, or am I going to come inside and get Savannah and tell her, opportunity's coming if you want to take it? Yeah. So I jump inside. And I'm already, and she's already in the office. She's already in here in the office scrambling, getting her getting her crossbow and everything. And so I, I grab it, and I take it upstairs. But wait, wait, wait. I can't yet because I got to get the taquitos out of the oven. Or yeah, she stopped burn. to get the taquitos out of the oven. And then by the time she gets upstairs, I'll let her take it from here. So as I come upstairs, he's already got the crossbow cocked for me. Got an arrow, the bolt loaded into it. We slide out on the balcony. And I immediately, whoa, these these does see us already, Dave. He's, oh, it's, oh, it's okay. They're about... 55 yards away and he says he's coming and I still didn't I never even seen him come back out of the woods or anything and no it wasn't five seconds later here he comes the does got spooked they took off into the woods I tried to stop him gave him the nonchalant eh. Eh. (laughs) nothing he takes about three more steps and stops. And Dave is saying, Are you, I don't think that, boom, thud. 
out of nowhere. I mean, it was basically a Hail Mary shot because we had only sighted this bow in at 40 well, yards. Well, but in all, in all fairness, it has the reticle scope in it. So if it's sighted in at 30 and 40, it's sighted in out to 60. So it was sighted in. It was sighted in. So, but that being said, I mean, it was a, it was a long shot. And, you know, I, I really think the reason that deer held up there and didn't run on into the woods, and this part, I, I don't think I even told you this yet. This is, So you're going to learn something about your buck right here now on this podcast. But we had a, uh, a target set up out there from a, a previous sponsor. We had a target there that we had been sighting the crossbow in at 40 yards. Mm-hmm. All right, the 40-yard shot. Um and this buck locked onto that. I mean, he was staring at that target like it yeah. was a decoy, and he wasn't leaving. And that that afforded you the opportunity to take the shot, which you absolutely made a fantastic shot. Blew through both shoulders, took out the heart. Um, Can you say that again? I, I didn't hear. You that. made a fantastic shot. Took out both. Blew through both shoulders. Took out the heart. The deer didn't even go maybe 35-ish yards, something like that. Crashed, died. But here's the thing. We couldn't tell for sure. There was no lighted knock or anything, and we weren't sure about the location of the hit. So to err on side of caution, the fact that it was getting down to 36, 37 degrees that night, we just waited. When in doubt, don't go look for your deer until you give it some time. Because it almost that thud... It almost sounded like a gut shot to me. Right. It, it did. It sounded like center mass. But, and, and here's the here's the reason why, folks. And this is just taking it from a guy who's made his fair share of poor shots over the years. Okay. If that deer's dead, it's going to be dead in the morning. If that deer is not dead yet, and you may have made a poor shot, you're never going to touch that deer because you're not going to find it. So by going in that night. You're gambling. You're seriously right. gambling. You're playing it safe. And you know me, honey. I'm a play it safe kind of guy. I do not like to gamble at all. Oh, I know. Play it safe. Play it safe always, folks. So anyway, so back to your deer. Very nice deer. We recovered the, the following morning. You can see pictures on on uh, on our Facebooks. Um, probably a hundred, close to 130 inch deer. Really nice deer. Um. <clears throat> That deer, this kind of goes back a little bit. Let's 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 back up a week prior or a couple days prior to you killing this deer. Right. In the morning, I step outside. You were half asleep on the couch, napping, right? And uh, I hear the most god awful buck fight going on right behind the house in the thicket. And when I say right behind the house, it's probably within a hundred yards of the house. Mm-hmm. And I'm talking. Some good bone on good bone in a knockdown drag out, not a antler tickle play fight. I'm talking nailing down trees, bulldozing things around. It was a right. nasty, ugly fight. More vicious than anything I'd ever heard. So I yelled at you, tried to get you to come out there. It was over by the time you got to the door. So mm-hmm. um, fast forward to last night uh, was at Tristan's, our son-in-law. Tristan and his dad or uh, Schaefer's Taxidermy and do the most fantastic job. If you're in southern Indiana or northern Kentucky or anywhere within driving distance and you want to get a shoulder mount done, something that is 
absolutely unrivaled. Beautiful work. Schaefer's Taxidermy. You can check it out on Facebook. But um, And we're not sponsored. We pay full price. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> they do great work. Anyway, so uh, Tristan, being the great son-in-law he is, he offered to cut your deer up for you. Uh-huh. I think it was probably more so to keep me from cutting it up because he knew I would jack the cape up big time. Uh, so anyway, he cuts the deer up. When I go to pick up uh, the scraps mm-hmm. to haul off last night, he said, Dave, I have never in my life seen a more bruised up, battered, battled deer than that deer. He had bruises all over his head, pus pockets and everything. He had bruises all down both sides. How did we not see that when... We, we wouldn't see it be- under the hide. Ah, deep bruises sense. where where something has literally. I mean, I don't know. He didn't have any antlers broke off. No, nope. but he has literally been in knockdown, drag out, death defying fights. This was a fighter, and obviously he was a winner. Up well, up until well, I don't know Halloween. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> um, something beat the thunder out of him, but he didn't break him off. So I don't know. But anyway, I, I thought you should know that. He said it Very was just, uh, yeah, so that, that deer was a fighter. It was, And it would make sense with you hearing that a couple mornings prior because we have had him on camera for the last three or four days. He had be- becoming more frequent. Yeah, he was. He absolutely was. He was getting around and uh, trying to find him some ladies for sure, and he wasn't afraid to scrap. That's for sure. You know, that that brings up an interesting thought. You know, I just thought of whenever – you know, talking about your deer and how bruised up that deer was. I don't think we ever really fully appreciate how much these deer go through during the rut. Because, you know, I look up right here at the deer that I killed last year. He had one eye. I mean, he had one eye that was gouged out through fighting. Um, A deer I killed a couple years ago prior to that had just a, a limp ear. You know, we're in yeah. it. Had well, you know, all I've had a couple one ear. one ear or one antler. Yeah, broke off. Yeah, that I've. So you know, and it's interesting because you don't. A lot of people you don't see that stuff. You know, you wouldn't. You wouldn't even know that those injuries are there if you didn't. You know, do the you know skin job yourself or whatever. We get a dog sniffing at the door right here. Um. So yeah, it's it's pretty remarkable about what these deer go through, and uh, but fantastic shot on your part and so how do you feel about it now i mean i how do you feel about the fact that you killed a deer from your house the fact that i drew first blood at our home is this getting ready to turn into a brag session gratifying than anything <laughs> but no in all realness it feels amazing it feels amazing to know when you walk outside and everywhere you look around you is yours and that we have busted our humps to get where we're at. And it's only yeah. going to get better. I mean, once, yeah, I know. once we get these deer figured out, get them some, some food up here, give them reason to stay on our property. Yeah, so that's that's another interesting thing to talk about. Because th- the first thing that, that I did whenever, you know, we're, we knew we were closing on this property and we knew that we, you know, we were going to be here, is I was reaching out to our neighbors 
and number one, I wanted to introduce myself to the neighbors, you know, let them know what we're all about and just be good neighborly folk, right? Absolutely. Um, but two is you, you want to kind of get an idea of the feel for everything in the area. Are they going to be hunting on us? or? Well, the yeah, the feel for, <laughs> you know, well, is anybody hunting their property, number one? Who's hunting their property? What kind of hunters are they? And there's nothing wrong with, you know, let's just say they go out and they shoot a ton of does every year and they're meat hunters. That, nothing wrong with that. That's fine. To each their own. But it's nice to know where you sit in the whole grand, grand scheme of things. Do you have like-minded neighbors? Do you have neighbors that are going to be working kind of against what your goals are? Well, and it also helps with the overall conservation yeah, that. And, and what your plans may be based off of what they're doing, because we have plenty of places to hunt. Yeah. You know, we have several places here in Indiana, a couple over in Kentucky. So, I mean, but just knowing all of that and that way we can put together the best conservation plan for our own property to build it into. I mean, it already is that dream place of ours, but it can always be bigger and better. Yep. So, yeah, and and that kind of in talking to the neighbors and knowing what they have and what they have going on, it kind of ties into the checkerboard theory, which I've I've heard uh, I've heard Don Higgins, you know, um, a friend of ours with Real World Wildlife Products, he talked about this many times. If you want to know from a management standpoint how to make your property better or stand out, you almost have to you know zoom out. And kind of look at the entire area and look at your property Mm -hmm. like it's one little square on the checkerboard. Yep. And what does your property have or what could it have that other properties do not have? So right now, uh, we're hearing things from neighbors like, um, you better kill a good deer by October 15th because they all disappear after that. Because when they cut the corn, they cut they're the gone. Crops, no yeah. reason for them to stay. We've heard that comment. We've heard uh, turkeys don't stay here in the spring. They go um, they go across the highway or they go down to the bottoms because there's nothing for them here to stay. Right. Uh, so, I mean, right there's two comments. The deer are leaving and the turkeys are leaving. We Our job as land managers is to find out why are they leaving what are they missing? Why are they leaving it, this property? And what can we do to keep them to stay here? So right away, um, I'll tell you this. As far as a nutritional standpoint, this property has it all. It legitimately has it all. And it, it I've planted deadly dozen from Rural World Wildlife Products on many properties. Um a couple different properties in Kentucky. I've planted on several different properties in multiple counties in Indiana. And I have always had deer hitting that thing and just mowing it down from the time it's planted until the time it's gone, basically spring green up. We did here well, on our property we've as planted well, it here. up until... We've planted it right. here. However, things are a little different right now. Um the deer haven't really, they, they feed in it some right now, but they're not really hammering it right now. We haven't yet got the good hard frost previous to this morning. Mm-hmm. So the brassicas in that haven't really become palatable really well. But what I've noticed is they haven't hit it like they have at other properties. And so I was talking to one of our neighbors and I said, yeah, I'm kind of curious as to why that is. And he said, well, think about it, Dave. 
They don't need it. Right now, they don't need it. Deer feed on what they need to supplement their diet. And right now, they don't need that early forage part of the deadly dozen. And here's why. There's been standing corn, standing beans, there's clover, there's an alfalfa mix, Mm -hmm. there's pears, apples, persimmons, peaches, there's peaches, there's red oaks, white oaks, black oaks, pin oaks, all kinds of oaks, beech trees, the I've noticed the deer are feeding a lot on the beech leaves. Mm -hmm. So there is just an unlimited food source out there for the deer right now. So we have to determine, you and I, going forward, what do we want to do to improve our property? Is it going to be more food? Is it going to be cover? Uh, I know that's one thing that we talked to the forester about is what trees do we want to get rid of? There's a a plethora, that's my big word for this podcast, (laughs) the plethora of river birch on mm-hmm. our property. And when walking around, I asked the forester, what's that tree good for? Because two goals that we had when I walked the forester around is, number one, I want to do something that's good for the wildlife, conservation-minded, good for the wildlife. Number two, I want to have a marketable timber harvest in the near future. Not near necessarily, but 10 years, 10, 15 years. So whenever I pointed to river birch, so we have a ton of it, Mm -hmm. I said, what's this good for? She said, pallets. I said, so they're not worth a damn. And she said, yep, they're not worth a damn. And there is a lot of smaller ones. Yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to cut those things, drop them, get some sun down uh, so the canopy's not blocking out the forest floor, create some more growth underneath. Off subject, just a tad, I totally did not know until she came out that a Bradford pear was considered an invasive tree. Yep, it's an invasive species. And here's something I didn't know. And gosh, people are going to have a good laugh at this one, I'm sure, because it's probably a common knowledge thing, and I just didn't know it. Did you know a Bradford pear doesn't even have a pear? There's no fruit on it? They're just for looks. Yeah. Yeah. I thought, because we're walking along, and she spots a Bradford pear there, and I say, hey, there's a Bradford. She said, "There's a Bradford pear," and I said, "Oh, that's awesome! Should I put a tube on it?" <laughs> You're laughing well, well, at me. First of that's all, kind of what she did. She laughed at me like that. Well, well, I mean, we're not talking about putting a tube on our hook to catch fish. No, no, we're talking about a tree tube. Right, absolutely. But, but you don't. So I said, "Should I put a tube on it?" And I'm thinking to protect it from the wildlife, right. so they don't, you know. And she said, "Oh no!" She said, "Spray it with glyphosate." She said, "You want to get rid of that? That's invasive." Yep. And I was like, well, geez, how did it get out here? And she said, the way all trees get moved around, birds. Birds. Yeah. So, so yeah, we've uh, we've got our work cut out for us on this property. But you heard it here, Savannah drew first blood. And um, check, it, check it out on her Facebook page or my Facebook page. We've got some good pictures of that deer on there. Um, and, you know, I'm going to be out trying to... Uh, Gotta try to gotta try to one upper. I mean, I gotta try to get a bigger deer. It'd be a shame if I killed something smaller. Oh, but what's bad about it is I had to call you this morning and say, David, forward your calls, take the day off, get in that tree stand and sit all day long. Guys, you're you're hearing that this this is not she's not saying this just because she's on the podcast. This is her. 
this is what I get to live with right here. Yeah, my wife legitimately called me this morning and told me to take the day off of work and go sit in a tree stand all day. I might have knew that I was going to the casino, but we'll just leave that part out. <laughs> it was a setup, 100% setup. But you did see a few decent I did. I, saw, I saw like, I saw five does, um, seven does. What was it? No. Yeah. You saw enough. Yeah, I saw a bunch of I didn't see any bucks today, but I did see, my gosh, I saw a ton of turkeys. I, we, good. We've probably got 100 turkeys roosting on us right now. Um, but anyway, uh, folks, I can't thank you enough for uh, joining us again here on Pro Talk Outdoors. Um, you know, if, you, uh, if you're in the market for a good bow, check out Matthew's. They got some sweet shooters over there. Um, also, real world wildlife products. We couldn't do anything we do without those guys as far as food plotting and putting Absolutely. out mineral. And, um, and and I say this all the time about the guys at Real World. The product is fantastic. It's second to none. The people, you'll never find anybody better in the outdoors. And I'm going to give a plug also to what Don and Terry are doing, Don Higgins and Terry Peer with Chasing Giants podcast. If you haven't tuned into their podcast, please do so. It's a fantastic podcast with a lot, a lot of really good information about killing big deer. A lot better than us yahoos over here at Pro Talk Outdoors are going to be able to give you. But uh, Well, maybe it'll get a little bit better because I think that after tonight, then I'll probably be on a little bit more. I mean, somebody's oh, got to JP shoes. I don't know. I mean, if hey. the, maybe the listeners won't like you at all. Well, maybe if they just realize if guys can do it, girls can do it too, then... This is where it goes south, guys, right here. This is where it goes south. <laughs> All right. Well, enough. Babe, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I enjoyed it. All right. Until next time, hook them or hunt them. Pro Talk Outdoors. You don't, you're supposed to say later, guys. Bye, guys. Have a good one. Bye.